You're listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are an Evangelical Lutheran Church in America congregation in Denver, Colorado, and you can find out more about us at www.houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. So it's my birthday tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, you can make all checks payable to Cynthia Jean Pincus. (laughs) It's my birthday tomorrow, which means I am a Virgo. And a Virgo rising. And my Mercury is in Virgo. And my Mars is in Virgo too which means that I am an excellent battle tactician. I should have been a war general, really. On a smaller scale, it means I like things ordered, very ordered. It also means people that I date go on meticulously planned outings with me. 5.30 p.m. at the gates of Lakeside Amusement Park. We'll be at the bumper boats by 5.37, take a 13-minute ride, then get to the corn dog stand by 5.52. You are invited to kiss me twice in line for the roller coaster. We'll scream for eight seconds when we go down drops of no lesser than 23 feet. We can flirt on our way to the dragon boat, but then it's back to business. Sounds like fun, right? Being a multi-Virgo also means if you're only going up one floor, you can't really take my elevator because we're going up two floors or more. Parking at Bed Bath & Beyond, please do it neatly between the yellow lines so your fellow loofah shoppers aren't unduly inconvenienced. Is it snowing tonight? Why don't we all shovel our walks tomorrow together in the morning? 16 items in your basket, this isn't your checkout line. And is that really your service animal, or did you just buy a Red Cross Cross ferret jacket online? (laughs) In short, I like things to be fair, make sense, follow instructions, keep order, and I want my religion to be ordered too. If I come to church four Sundays in a row, I'm happy to receive my miracle on the fifth Sunday. If I set up 12 chairs, I'm sure someone else is taking down 12 chairs. If I give my tithe, I'm ready for my 100-fold back from God. Didn't prepare for an interview, my prayer ensures that God will get me the job. Didn't call my senator about DACA, My prayer ensures me and my goodness in the eyes of Christ will probably make up for it. Is my parent dying? My faith ensures the miracle cure. And if someone wrongs me in any way, go ahead and apologize seven times so I can forgive you seven times and check it off my list of healthy spiritual practices. Oh, the divine ledger is a heavenly thing. Perfectly ordered, 
completely fair, unerring mint.com budget of the heavens. And I so deeply wish that were the end of the sermon. Sometimes I do stop there and refuse to go on for a while, content in my human fairness. But no matter what your sign is, it's not exactly like that. Put out 1,000 chairs, 100 Sundays in a row, and someone else may still only ever put away three. Give everything you have to your church and end up in poverty. Prepare all week for an interview and the job goes to the internal candidate anyway. Sometimes the wrong folks still get picked up by ICE, no matter how many calls we make. Parents still die, a cure never happens, and the people we most want apologies from sometimes forget we even exist. In today's scripture, Peter, fresh from a conversation about who is a good congregant and who is a naughty congregant, asked Jesus how many times to forgive. If I had to say, I'd guess that Peter is a Virgo too, with a carefully tallied amount of forgivenesses that fit the crime. But Jesus refuses to keep tallies. When Peter comes to him with some kind of sacred scorekeeping, it's as if Jesus says, Oh, you want to play a numbers game? Well, how about this numbers game? Forgive seven times, you say. How about seven times seven? Or eleven times seven? Or seventy times seven? Had there been more room on the papyrus... I'm sure they would have recorded him saying, what about 700 times 7? Would that be enough forgiveness for your enemies? And then because it's Matthew, Jesus tells a parable that makes no damn sense. (laughs) Read on the surface, which is how some folks like to read, the parable appeals to calculating Virgo hearts. A man owes money is forgiven, then turns around and punishes his own debtor and is thrown in jail to be tortured. Go ahead and do the Pontius Pilate, wash your hands of the whole affair, and be satisfied with the good state of the world. Or at least that made sense until I learned how much a talent is worth and how much a denarii is worth. According to the best calculations, a.k.a. the Wikipedia entry for Parable of the Unforgiving Slave. The 10,000 talents owed the slave master is equivalent to 150,000 years worth of work. In today's money, that's roughly a gazillion talents. 100 denarii is about three months worth of work. You want a numbers game says Jesus to Peter and to me. Here is your numbers game. The kingdom of heaven is like a king settling his accounts, a king who lends an obscene amount of money to his own slave that he almost certainly will never be able to pay back, then forgives him everything. 
So why, if this king is so generous, is the slave thrown in jail? The scripture says, in anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. But who were the jailers? What was the torture? And if he was already forgiven the money, what was it exactly he owed? In this story, Jesus makes a mockery of adding machines and tally marks of forgiveness. Peter and I are alike. We tally our tasks. We tally our prayers. We tally our forgiveness. I have in the basement of my soul's house an enormous vault of my own spiritual tallies. Like Scrooge McDuck, I visit my vault every morning and belly flop into my accumulated goodness, taking a few laps around and calculating how many more good deeds until my little gold coins reach a certain point on the wall. We hold up this measured wealth to Jesus and he takes it from our hands saying, what are you saving this for? Why are you begrudgingly handing this out like there isn't enough? Jesus takes our careful tallies of wrongs done and forgivenesses owed and says, Cindy, there is no accountant in heaven. It won't ever add up the way you want it to. The currency of the divine economy can never be counted, tallied, made to park between the lines, or calculated by a factor of seven. The divine economist is in the 15-item checkout line with 5,000 loaves of bread and never sets out any chairs because she prefers to sit on the floor. There is no final accounting in the divine economy, and the only real currency we have is a bottomless vault of forgiveness, uncounted. There is a gazillion talents worth of God's grace given to us today, this day, and it will be given tomorrow for everything that vexes us, from the thoughtless friend to the uncooperative congregant that Peter is so angry about. It is the uncountable grace That soothes my Virgo spirit when someone gets in the elevator on the first floor and pushes that button for the second. It is the grace that walks me through these doors and plants my butt in one of these chairs, even when I haven't gotten whatever miracle I thought I deserved. It is the grace that helps me laugh when I see a ridiculous parking job at the back of Bed Bath & Beyond, though I have to admit I will take a photo and send it to my friends. It is grace that says, I know, you needed this job. It is the grace that says, I didn't see ice coming either, and I will sit with you in this detention center as long as it takes. It is the grace that says, yes, your mother is dying. There is no cure and no reason. And this grace says, forgive me for taking her but I wasn't keeping tabs. Our true debt, our only debt, that which we're owed when we're tortured by our own selves in the jail of small-mindedness, that which we owe is forgiveness. All of it. As much as we can give 
and as much as we can ask. Because you see, Peter and I have forgotten ourselves. How wide and complex and beautiful the world. We judge others on every little tally mark of annoyance and in the process take ourselves out of right relationship with God's perfectly imperfect world. Who are we to judge something or someone we could never hope to fully understand? Who are we, Jesus asked, to measure forgiveness? The world will wrong you. People will hurt you badly. You will lose everything, gain it again, only to lose it once more. But don't keep a tally. Don't play the numbers game. Live in the deep economy of God, where everything is already ours, given freely by a creator who keeps no score. All we have is our ability to forgive, which is bigger than any tally mark, Jesus says. Your life in God's mystery is a grace so large that to free yourself from the position of spiritual accountant is to free yourself from every torturous jail and bless the world with your own bottomless vault of spiritual gold. May it be so. Amen.